Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Phantom Talk and the return of many people's favorite segment, Brothers <laughs> Brothers with Issues, where we have issues. And you'll want them, too. I want names of these many people. I, you know, just, just, na- Is just, it just people. Al? Just people, you know. It, it might just be Al. Okay. Yeah, it All might right. just be Al. That's what I thought. But, uh, but, but he really likes this segment. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, I'm, I'm going to just keep doing it just for him, you know? There you go. And uh, so, yeah. So, big shout out to Al there. You obviously know my voice. I am Jacob Vance Hardesty. I'm the editor-in-chief here at Phantom Correspondence. But we are joined, um, as always, by my co-host of the Brothers with Issues, my brother, Josh, better known as the Wise Sage. Josh, you doing all right today, man? They obviously know my voice as well. They do, yes. Drunk Eeyore. Yes, know. yes, the Drunk Eeyore, uh, Wise Sage, yes. Well, since you have heard me do most of the intro, you obviously know that this is a Judgment Day edition of the Brothers with Issues. Um, because as we talked about during our House of the Dragon uh, mid-season spoiler cast... Um, Whereas DC's kind of, you know, playing the long game, you know, maybe a few issues here and there about Dark Crisis. Um, Judgment Day coming at you like a blitz. Judgment Day is running running for it. Like, yeah. they, they are going for it. They're hitting hard. Um, we are very behind. We are, what would you say, 10 issues behind minimum I mean, right now? Yeah, I mean, well, we're, we're technically Judgment Day 4 came out last week. Mm. But, of course, since we're doing all of them, we're behind on a lot of things. A lot of things, yes. But, but you know... That's okay. Maybe other people are also behind as well. We, we certainly hope so. And we're, we're still we're still doing it. You know, we're we're not stopping just because we got a little bit behind. Uh, and we do want to say thank you all for your patience, for waiting, and uh, yeah. So we're just gonna jump right in. Um, we are covering three different issues today. We are covering um, Death to the Mutants, which we mentioned a lot during Brothers of the Issues f- uh, five. Is it five or is it four? I don't was know. Last, was it last Judgment Day five? The last Judgment Day. six? It was Anyways, last Judgment yeah. Day. Last Judgment Day. We were also covering X-Men number 13. And then we are finishing out with Judgment Day number three. So, we are covering those today. Obviously, if you have not read any of these, we are going full spoilers. So, do be prepared on that. Um, Josh, as a quick little recap, I, I do want to ask you. Okay. Um, because the last time I know that there was a character that you were just very overzealous about um, in your love for him, and I'm curious, have you calmed down a little bit about your love and adoration for Uranus? No, I have not. You have not? Uh, I hate Uranus. It's not funny. <laughs> uh, no, I have no, I have no love or admiration for that character. Uh, I'm, I actually cannot wait till we get through this uh, issue because I already know that the next one is the next X-Men issue at least or X-Men, X-Men Red, Red issue mm-hmm. is one where we're going to see Magneto and Storm deal with Uranus mm-hmm. um, so how, do you th- how do you think that's going to go second time around? I think it? it's going to go way different <laughs> gotta be honest I think it's going to go way different uh, we gotta take that guy off the board mm-hmm. um, not, not necessarily because he's dangerous but because he's just a ridiculous character that shouldn't exist sure, you sure. Know? gotcha well, um, Death of the Mutants really does a lot with the Eternals and kind of really focusing on the Eternals such as Icarus and even Gilgamesh coming out of nowhere who we hadn't seen yet. Right. Um, basically, they have, as of right now, I think they have they have put all nine of the ones who are from the movie on the page for us in this event. I can't think of one that they haven't. Where's... Uh 
Where's the one that Raj plays? Uh, Kingo? Kingo. Kingo was in... Kingo's in one of them. I know that. I think he's in. I think he's in Eva Judgment. That's Dinesh, not Raj. Yes, you uh, you just mixed up Silicon Valley with uh, with Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Which, I like Silicon Valley way more. Than Big man, Bang Theory. That, that's rough. Uh, yeah, it's Dinesh. Um, yeah, I, where's he at in this? I don't remember him. I thought he was in. Okay, well maybe he's the one that ha- that they haven't shown. I mean, he's if, he's, if he's if he isn't, he hasn't done much of it. Yeah, it, it's a blink and you miss a thing. But, but you're other, right, everyone the, else. The other eight are have they're all hanging out. Yeah. They're all doing their stuff. Um, kind of similar to the way like Sprite is just kind of hanging out, if I'm correctly. And Sprite at least has a has has a speaking line. That though. is true. That is true. Um, but talk to me a little bit about the Eternals. Uh, what do you what do you think about the good Eternals in this so far. Well, such as let's Dick start Rosen. here. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Okay. You already know my answer to that first part, right? Sure, yes. There are no good Eternals. Okay, okay. sure. What's interesting is Kieran Gillen doesn't believe that either. Mm. Um, Kieran Gillen, apparently, if you look back, I did a little bit of history. If you look back on what his his uh, series has really been about, has been, do the should the Eternals even exist? Mm. Um, because they are this weird force that is basically useless, but they've got all this power, and if one of them snaps, they could just destroy everything. They also follow this weird religion that only they follow and no one else knows about. Mm. But it's apparently a religion with all types of it's. It kind of reminds me of, of what we were talking about, House of Dragons. It's like the worst religion in the in, in history because <laughs> it's not good for anyone, including the Eternals. Mm. Um, so what you find with with the Eternals right now is Icarus, in particular, is having this moment of crisis. Uh, where he's he's really questioning everything, um, at least in Death of the Mutants. And what ends up happening is, one of the things he decides to do, this, the, the name of this book is kind of a misnomer, because one of the things he decides to do is he decides to help the mutants. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? So I I think it's interesting. However, I, am, I was curious your thoughts on... I'm glad you brought up Icarus, because there is a point in Death of the Mutants... Where like Death of the Mutants one ends with him writing Death, Death of the Eternals, Eternals. Mm-hmm. Um, on the walls of a place I can't remember I can't remember where it is. it's one of the Eternals places yeah it's a place where um, um, where Druig is go- is going to see it. it like that's and that's that's kind of the thing is Druig is going to see it um, and yet within the first four pages of X Men he says kill no Eternals and he says if you kill Eternals I will not help you. I now on one hand I I don't really know how to take that because I'm like okay but if you want to I have the actually Eternals for that. well the only other thing I can think of is since every time you kill an Eternal right. they kill it kills exactly. a human to bring them back exactly um, that, okay. that, yeah, that's no, that's that's so Icarus' entire crisis of conscience comes from that concept mm. is that the only way the Eternals are Eternals is because it takes a life from someone else sure that's his entire thing. That's why the killing of an Eternal, um, you know, he, he considers that not only to be a bad thing just in general, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't want any Eternals to die. You don't really want anybody to die. Mm-hmm. But if you kill an Eternal, um, you kill someone else as well. But I, I don't see that as a contradiction to what he writes there because, once again, Icarus' entire thing is like, what are we really doing here, guys? Mm-hmm. You know, how is this helpful to anyone? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they're... Cause it is interesting because like everyone thinks I'm joking when I say this, but like 
The Eternals have no place in the cosmology of the Marvel Universe. They're not protectors, per se. Yeah. They're there really to hunt down a group that that, they're real, that they really oppress. You know, I mean, the, the Deviants are an oppressed group. There's mm-hmm. no reason for the Deviants... Um, you know, like, it, it, it's, it's literally the only reason we know the Deviants are evil is because somebody tells us in this comic that they're evil. Mm. But, like, we're in 2022. That type of reasoning doesn't work anymore, right? Mm. You know? I mean, in, in the land when people are trying to figure out, you know, is Joker right? You know? Like, we can't even just... We can't be like, you know, <laughs> the Deviants are just evil because they're evil. And that's sure. one of the things that, that ends up happening, I think, in this right here. Am I right? Or is it this right here where they bring the Deviants in? Uh, that's in that's in Judgment Day three. Judgment Day three, yeah. okay. In Judgment Day three, where they bring the Deviants in, mm. you know, and have them helping out uh, the X Men fight the uh, or hold the line essentially. Because mm. um, Crow mentioned they basically go to Crow, um, Bill Skarsgård's character from the film, which is still weird to me. Um, they go to Crow in Death of the Mutants one, and you basically he they say something to the effect of like we're going to need all the help that we can get for this and he just kind of walks off and is like yeah fine I guess I'll just kind of do it like Crow's yeah. my favorite character of the of the Eternals uh, at this point um, even though he's a deviant so he's yeah. not really an Eternal um, but or is he like the, that's the thing like the, mm. the so no I'm, I'm, I'm being serious when I say this okay like mm. I, I know every time we do this we end up coming into this is why Josh hates the Eternals and, and eventually, I guess, we'll stop doing that, okay? Mm. But that is not today. Mm-hmm. Because one of the issues with the whole the whole point of the Eternals and Deviants, okay, is that it's really a, a bad version of what Wildcats is. Where, like, the Wildcats are fighting this secret war against people that have, you know, that are trying to take, basically, invasion of body snackers. I don't know if you know that's the, what the Wildcats are doing, but that's what the Wildcats are doing. This is Jim Lee's this Wildcats. This is Jim Lee's Wildcats, okay? okay. Gotcha. All right? Okay. Well, the Eternals are doing the same thing, except for it's a group that... Was created by Eternals, right? Isn't that what the Deviants are? Uh, created by the Celestials, I believe. Okay, so either way, yeah, you know, and the only reason they're Deviants is because some 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 weird Celestial being, some lesser god, mm-hmm. was like, I don't like how those turned out, so we gotta kill them off. That's essentially that's essentially it, right? Sure. Okay, and so that that to me is a problem because because whereas like with with the other with the other cosmo cosmological. Uh, characters in the Marvel universe, <laughs> their existence is either to protect against a force that's out there, you know, or like to, uh, or to explore the galaxy, or to help different races in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. All the Eternals exist to do is to stop excess deviation, mm. you know, and that's excess deviation that was created by their creator by as their well. creator. So and then and then now you got Druig who's like, well, I'm gonna figure out what excess deviation is on my own. I think the X-Men are X-Men, or I think the mutants are excess deviation. And so that's a problem to me, and that I think is why Icarus at the end is just like, yeah, you know, death of the Eternals. Mm. It's interesting that over the last, I would say, year or so, I've really come to your thinking on both the Eternals and the Inhumans. Um, in a sense, because you brought up how their the religious system does not work, because the religious system, the entire purpose of the religious system is to oppress someone, is to oppress a lesser race by all technical reference, correct? And I believe so. And with the Inhumans, you have basically a very similar thing, only with a caste system. 
multiple, multiple people don't know this, or multiple people don't know that, because you don't get that in Black Bolt's appearance in, in Doctor Strange. Um, and you... And here's the thing. I didn't get that in any of Jonathan Hickman's stuff. Um, at least if they if it was there, I missed it, or I wasn't really paying attention, I guess. But, you know, once you... Once you know things like that, especially like you said in in 2022, it is hard to it is hard to justify them as heroes, both the Inhumans and the Eternals, in that sense. And I think that's why that's why Icarus and Cersei are interesting characters to me, is because they are at the forefront of this, where they are trying to do the right thing, but they don't really know how because they themselves existing are ten, are technically the wrong thing. And so that part is kind of, is kind of interesting, um, but in the meantime, you also have just way more interesting things happening with the X Men and the Avengers. Um, speaking of which, the Avengers, what do you think about the Avengers in this so far? Do you think they've kind of been kind of on the sidelines a little bit in comparison to to the other two teams? Better than the whole creating a god thing. Fair, you know. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit. But I mean, like. Um, they're they're the reactionary force, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of, they're they're the ones caught in the middle, being like, "Hey, let's not start a war; it's going to destroy the world." Mm-hmm. You know, that's so. So yeah, to an extent, they've been kind of sidelined. Uh, they're definitely not. They're not even in this book, which mm-hmm. I didn't know we were moving past already. Are we moving past this book already? Not yet. No, okay. I wasn't. Yeah. Well, well, I'm just saying because like, the, so like you know, the Avengers I think do have a, uh, particularly with Tony Stark and stuff like that. I think they have uh, a very important role uh, so far. Um, and then of course, you know, they're gonna, they're probably, you know, uh, okay, it's hard for me to talk about the Avengers unless we're gonna talk about this book. Like, are are we ready to do that? Sure. Okay. All right, so let's talk about Judgment Day 3 then. Judgment Day 3, let's do it. Are we not gonna go in order? I, I I just wanted to hear your thoughts on Avengers, and I wasn't quite and I wasn't quite thinking. I apologize. Okay, we can I, we can wait if let, you want let, to. Let's wait. Let's wait. Yeah, okay. let, let's 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 put that. Okay, over we'll, here we'll first. Put, put a pin in that one. Put a pin. Okay. In that, put a pin yeah. in that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, since you 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 are right, we we should wait a little bit on on the Avengers. Uh, there was two other things I did want to talk about with the Eternals that I forgot about um, because that's that is the thing about Death of the Mutants. It is really just an Eternals book, honestly. Um, I'm wondering if that is going to change in the second one because it is Avengers, X Men, and Eternals: Death of the Mutants. So, yeah. I'm wondering. well, I mean, it is, but it also explains like what happens in this book. Sure. Yeah. It it really does kind of a it's it's kind of the what what would be holding together like hold, like the the linchpin okay the lin- mm. excuse me ah could not think of the term yeah okay lost the word there for a second anyways um yes it is the linchpin of everything else that's kind of going on around it um but no so so yeah you 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 talked a little bit earlier about how like Icarus makes the decision that he is going to help the mutants in, um and I think that the way that he does it is just really cool um so he, we know that the psychics uh, for the X Men have been kind of waylaid. They've been there's been the psychic attack going on, and Icarus and Gilgamesh are just like, well, we can fix that right now. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what what kind of happens here and everything, Josh. Yeah. So uh, what's the guy's name again? Is it Zurus? Zur- Zurus. He, yeah. He's one from the. He's not in the movie, so I had no idea who. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I don't know who he is. Whatever. Uh, but Zurus, Zurus is basically his, so. This, this, what's interesting about the psychic attack that we learn is that it's it's something they understand that they know they can't win. Mm-hmm. It's more of a distraction thing, 
Um, or that's how uh, Druig kind of explains it. It's more of like a you know a, a distraction to keep players off the board. Well, as the as the planet Earth, uh, who is the narrator, <laughs> explains it, um, mutants do a lot more damage. Eternals have a lot more hit points. There you go. Because yeah. the planet Earth is both a nerd and a geek. Right. That is in parentheses right. there. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, which is fair about the planet Earth. I've, all, I've <laughs> often said that. Um, but yeah, they basically just show up and uh, take him off the board, basically. Um, you know, they're, um, I can't remember exactly how they pull that off. How do they take out Zerus? Yeah. Uh, two more pages, I think. Because then they just basically, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, they basically they open sneak the, up behind them. Them, And then they open up that portal. Which, I love this. I love, the, once again... Uh, it's it's difficult to talk about art in a mm-hmm. podcast. A podcast, yes. But like, I, this just little panel here of mm-hmm. magic, uh, just holding up the sword, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess that's uh, Laura, isn't it? Laura and is that Firestar? I think uh, yes, probably. Firestar, yeah. yeah. Uh, but just that, that panel of her holding out the sword, I just thought it was so cool. Yeah. Like, uh, of course, you don't really get to see the the real end of that until uh, until the next X Men yeah. book. Um, yeah, they take him off the board, and which allows uh, that poor. I, the way they take him off the board, though, is really cool. Do you remember this? No. Uh, what so do what they do? So since they can't kill him, right? Because the They're not that will kill one, yeah, that will kill a human. So what they do is they you Icarus uses what looks to be like a psychic knife, but apparently it is a psychic knife on part of his brain that is going to that teleports a part of his brain that That's allows right. him to be a psychic to yeah. another dimension. Right. Yeah, and okay, so yeah, he's <laughs> basically a vegetable, which is kind of horrifying, except for he was a, clearly a very evil person. Right. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, to... Questions? What, what you what you got to do there? Yeah. You know. Well, once again, it's also the uh, the idea of like, uh, you know, um, when you we have to come up with clever ways to take people off the board if we're not going to kill them. Um, so you know, he's, he's not really killing him. Sure. You know, he's just like you know putting him into a vegetative state. Yeah. You know. You know. And that's. Um, uh, but it does let uh, the big thing there is it does let the X Men team. Uh, into uh, the Eternals realm, yeah, uh, which is uh, something that uh, you know uh, Druig was not expecting. So the, one of the things I do like about this is is that they keep harping on the idea that Druig can't see these very obvious traps in yeah. front of him. Uh, he's so arrogant, probably because his power is in control mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, but he's so arrogant they can't see very obvious traps. He thinks the X-Men, he's like, well, the X-Men aren't, there's no way they can attack here. And he's also completely misunderstood Icarus and what Icarus is trying to do. Um, and so those two things are going to end up being, you know, his, uh, his downfall, at least this part. Um, and then, of course, uh, we go back to, to your boy. My boy Fastos. <laughs> my boy Fastos is that? Is he my boy? I thought you liked Fastos. I, I you did. Fastos is all right, but Fastos is hard to watch in that movie because you, because you are right to like. It took him to 1945 to, to have a realization that humans are kind of the worst. Sometimes. Oh, is that? Uh, is, is that? That's Brian Tyree. That's Henry's, Brian Tyree Henry. Okay. Uh, character. All right. Yeah, yeah. He's way buffer in this. He he is way buffer in this. Nothing against Brian Tyree Henry. You know, nothing against him. I would never say anything about Brian <laughs> Tyree of Atlanta. Because he is delightful. Okay. I would never say anything against him. What are you talking and about? And for the record, his performance in the movie is not the issue, yeah. but it's why... 
I understand it's Hiroshima. I get that. But why did he wait till 1945? Yeah, just, I, I, you had so I, I many atrocities know. before then. That, that that's the moment. That's they won. That's they won. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, uh, no, I mean I like Fastos in this. I mean Fastos is like, I mean he's from the beginning is like this is a stupid idea. Yeah, um, he's doing it. But, he's doing uh, yeah. it. Yeah, um, but no, you're, you're right. I do like him, and of course, then you have that really cool splash page of you have 24 hours to justify. So yourselves. what's interesting here, though, I love about this. Um, um, this is not what he says to Earth, right? Uh, what he says to Earth is... Oh, no. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, because that's a completely different thing. Because Earth is when... Because what he says to Earth is like, uh, you were all bickering children and stuff, stuff like that. Right. You know, which I think he says... How does he word it? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Because I have it here and I know it's an X-Men. Because it's like... It's something like prove yourself, you know, not guilty or whatever. Yes. If there is more that is just than wicked, you will live. But if you are found lacking, there will be no tomorrow. X-Men, your... Adjudication? Adjudication has begun. (laughs) Which, I don't... What does that word mean? Look look at that. New new word. This is why we read comics, guys. (laughs) We we get to learn things. But anyway, while you're looking up the adjudication... I don't know what adjudicate means, but I don't know what adjudication means. I've never heard it used that way. But anyway... um, you have 24 hours to justify yourselves. I think that goes right back to the concept of, you know, the Eternals have to prove why they deserve to even exist at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, education just means a formal judgment on a disputed matter. There you go. So, yeah, look at, look at that. All right. And that is our that is our word of the week, guys. Education <laughs> with brothers with issues, <laughs> learning things. Um, I'm glad you brought up Druig because that was really the last thing I wanted to talk about in this book is the fact that Druig is basically he's slowly losing himself, um, and he's losing pretty badly. Well, yes, um, people who are used to being in control are no longer in control, control then they have no chance yeah. really yeah. Um, but that's I obviously I like seeing that because Druig's like he's the worst person he is kind of the worst person you know um, he's so cute in the Eternal movie but he's, he is the worst I darn you Barry Keegan yeah. damn um, but yeah like he uh, he doesn't really he doesn't really lead well and uh, yeah but that's pretty. That's about it because, of course, the ending is the death to the Eternals, you know. And uh, yeah, we've already jumped to, but I do like yeah. the idea that Icarus at this point is like, you know, maybe we don't need to justify ourselves. Maybe we just need to stop existing. You know, um, that is kind of sad, though. He doesn't. In 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 two, he says something different than justify yourselves. But anyway, it really doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So then we move to X Men. X Men, which um, is which is pretty great. So I love I love the X Men books as uh, as oh, I've said it different me, every me. single time. Jerry Duggan. Jerry Duggan. Okay. All right. I swear <laughs> I'm about to say Gary Duggan again. Um, as Gary, Gary Duggan. Gary Duggan. <laughs> Gary Duggan. Uh, as Jerry Duggan does them. Uh, because I love the idea that his comic 
it's such a team comic in that here's a problem and we're going to solve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he turned X Men into. Yeah. Uh, so I do love it for that. Um, we start off with them fighting, um, you know, fighting the hex again. Mm. Um, but re- I could, hold on, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I was about to say. You've I'm got sorry. To... <laughs> My bad. We start off with Ford, who is just chilling on a beat <laughs> with the world's most ugly big gun. Okay? Um, so, I, Forge on the X-Men is great because Forge... I don't know if... Forge is... When's the last time Forge was on a team? Was it early? Not 91? 92? I mean, he, but, but he, to alternate reference, he is part of X-Force. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, but, technically, I'm just saying, he's on the cover of the first issue, so he's on the team. Okay. But, but okay. Wait, but he's the, not on the cover of X-Force 1, is he? He is. Is he really? Yes, because there's four on the CIA side, there's four on the Black Ops side. Mm-hmm. So he's on the back, then. He's on the back cover? I thought the cover of X-Force 1 was Cable, Boom Boom, and Domino. What am I thinking of? X-Force 1? Cable, Boom Boom, and Domino is, uh, that's, that's Cable. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. X-Force 1 that came polybagged with a card. You're, okay, I'm talking about X-Force 1 in 2019. Oh, okay. So here's what I was asking. Okay, once again. (laughs) What was the last time he was on actual team? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because, okay, you see that? That, that's what messed me up. He's not on the cover of X Force One that I, that I, the old millennial, grew up with. He might be on the Rob Life, the Rob Life cover, young millennial stuff. Okay, but he ain't on my X Force One. Okay. Anyway, okay, never mind then. Forge is not used to being on a team, and so I just love his concept here. Just like, look, I, I'm just, I'm just gonna wait. Like, I mean, look, he's got a little tea kettle. He does. You know, he just he has like, a little tea kettle. Just, He's got he's got one of those little pineapple drinks from the uh, what's their what's their bar called the the Green Lagoon Green Lagoon yeah I tell you man I uh, yeah and you you know you can't rush greatness I love it mm-hmm. but yeah I, lo- I love this single with the gun um, you know he takes out one uh, of course you know he can't the problem with the hex is that they keep regenerating mm. um, so you've got to figure out a way to stop them from regenerating and of course their plan for that is to hit the Eternals where they live essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how they get in contact. Which is where Magic, Sink, Laura, Iceman, and Firestar come in. Right, yes. Because basically as like Jean Grey, Forge, and uh, Cyclops are basically holding off the Hex, um, they they basically send in their their secondary... I don't want to say secondary team, but they split They split up. Okay? Yeah, it's not they, a secondary team. Uh, they're, they're strike, I'd say, they're strike I'd say team, it's their heavy me. hitters. They're heavy hitters. Yeah. They're strike team, whatever. Yeah, because I... Iceman has become one of my favorite characters to just see on the page, just because they're because since he isn't an Omega level mutant yeah. now, like there are moments where he's just like, I'm just going to do something really cool. Well, like, now uh, they've decided he's an Omega level mutant. They've decided they like make him so powerful, like you know, yeah, hey, I can, I'm I'm a I'm a tower now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm, there's I'm a, fifty foot tall now. Yeah. He yeah. uh, he challenges um, uh, Fin Fang Foom, yes. our boy, our boy yes. Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> and doesn't he challenge him for like some beer or something like that? And that no, it's something to the effect of like, uh, or well, no, it's medicine because uh, so uh, they're trying to get medicine to Madripoor yeah. and uh, or something or some somewhere they're trying to get medicine somewhere and Fin Fang Foom shows up 
Because first there's pirates, then there's Fen Fang Foom, and then Iceman's like, I just had enough of all this, and yeah. he just takes them all out. Um, then he got put on the Marauders for a little bit, and which is, once again, another scene where he gets to do something really cool, because that's the one where like the ship blows up, but somehow he's able to... Uh, he basically freezes every molecule around them right, um, yeah. to basically save their lives right, yes. in the vacuum of space, which is, once again, another moment... Um, because I can't remember who's doing Marauders right now. It's not. Uh, oh, Steve. Or- Steve Orlando, I think, is doing Marauders. The maybe? new one, but that one who did that one. was that. Was that? Well, in that case, it was. Then it was Gary Duggan. Yeah, another another person. Yeah. Uh, so You're once again, the time where uh, Kitty Kitty Pride has to beat up that one guy, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. they're in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because that dude like steals like their ship or something like yeah. that effect, and then they have to steal his ship back. Right. Um, yeah, I, compl- I completely forgot that guy's name because he was just like the and knockoff like, ha- uh, yeah. like Han Solo or Lando Calrissian basically, and basically. he was just he's just an ass. Anyways, I'm sorry, we're getting off on a tirade of how awesome Iceman is. Iceman is really really cool, uh, just just in general. But basically, every X if you haven't been reading X Men, haven't really been keeping up with all the different X Men books, which I get it because there are a lot. Um, try to find your characters that you love. That or that you grew up loving because they're probably they're probably just as awesome as they always were, but even better now. Like in certain ways, like Emma Frost being a primary example of this, mm-hmm. you know, and really just kind of taking taking things over in a lot of ways. But, anyways, moving on though, um, yeah. So, so Iceman grows up to the to the size of like a mountain and starts punching all the Hex Eternals just in the face, which is great. Um, always great to see a giant ice behemoth and um another character who we you and i know have or you and i know have come to love is uh sink because sink is just he's just really cool sink i mean i think is, i think sink's on mega level at this point i really do i i don't see how he couldn't be so because if you stick him with an mega level he's definitely on mega level yeah yeah so if, you, if you've forgotten who sink is because we we i know we mentioned him briefly during the hellfire gala um so Sink is basically like he can literally he's basically rogue only he, like he can sync up with other people's abilities from like he, like he can remember them like he get like far away. So like he doesn't have to be near them and or touch them to be able to copy anymore. their abilities anymore. He, he his powers have grown. Yeah. Um the problem is now is that it is also aging him rapidly. Um so he is so yeah, so that's kind of it's kind of taking a toll on him. So I'm, I'm really interested to see where his character goes because he's a character that shows up. Uh, he's Generation X, so he shows up in '94, um, and he hasn't really done a whole lot or hasn't been like at the forefront of a lot of things until he was put onto the X Men team, um, the most recent X Men team, and he's just been he's been great and and I love him and yeah. Um, but yeah, so then, like you said, they sneak into uh, these books. These books, these are really cool because of how the X Men and Death of the Mutants really play off of each other of what the Eternals are doing and what the X Men are doing. Because because each one, yeah, like like you said, because mm-hmm. each one you have to kind of read one of the other to understand right. how these things are, are playing out. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean the the shot of every every time magic teleports is just a cool shot. It is. It's um, really cool. Yeah, it's just always, always a great part. Um, but yeah, so they go to the armory to take down what is basically a 
what appears to it's be almost like, like a hive mind, dude. like a, like a hive mind of the hex, basically. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I. That's kind of how I viewed it. And uh, it's kind of like Master Mold. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, only instead of Sentinels, instead it's of a out, giant Sentinel head. It, yeah. Instead of I kind of wish it had been Master Mold. Me too. Actually, I'm really <laughs> sad you said that. Yeah, I'm really bummed now. Well, Master Mold is part of Orcus. Remember. Oh, that's yeah. right. Master Mold is part of Orcus. Yeah, okay. he, he's a space station okay. now. Okay. I'm he's glad like Mold's the Death Star size yeah, now. There you go. Yeah. He's right. a, good he, job, Master what, Mold. What a glow up for Master Mold. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but to, but you know you you mentioned you mentioned how much you love, you know. You mentioned how much you love how this team works together, you know, and and how magic is really just. I, Magic is another character I've fallen in love with is because she is such a prominent and strong leader. Um, talk to me a little bit about about her kind of this kind of her growth over the over these last yeah, couple well, of years. It's interesting with her because um, you know, I she was I was not expecting her to end up on the X Men because she is such a central part to the new mutants book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't really read since then, so I don't know if they're kinda like writing her out of the New Mutants, because I don't see how she can do both. Mm. But they have this whole, like, um, captains concept, where, like, there's, like, these, the war captains, you know, are, like, Bishop and Magic, uh, Wolverine. Cyclops. Cyclops, technically. Uh, although he's, he's, he's more the leader of the X-Men, so he's kind of like the, the visual, or the guy that the, the he's like the public war captain, mm. you know. Um, and Magic was one of those. Um, and she was the head of the New Mutants team, of course. Uh, and, you know, to me, there's a... There's... It, 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 it was interesting to watch her in New Mutants because um, she was really struggling with this concept of, like, balancing the New Mutants as the friends that she grew up with of the Jim Shooter mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then the New, new Mutants, <laughs> you know... Because part of their thing was helping people acclimate and maybe figuring out which ones can be fighters as well. Sure. And the problem is, is that the new New Mutants had the weirdest powers. You know, you've got like the Dream Girl, yeah. uh, girl, no, no girl, no girl, yeah. And uh, then you got one that's just a brain. Oh know? no! Excuse me. That that's no girl. Excuse yeah, me. Exactly. Okay. That's what I thought. The Dream Girl is. Uh, oh. Uh, the girl who has the very large head, right? right yeah. Yes. Okay, I can't remember her name, but I know who you're talking about. Yes. Uh, Co- Cosmer, I think. Yeah, Cosmer. Yeah. yeah. So you had you had a lot of different, um, yeah, and then of course you also had um, what used to be Honey Badger, um, but um, then some random Republican person took the name Honey Badger, so we don't do it anymore. Um, so now I can't remember what we call her. Now. Scout. 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 Yeah. Um, but she was part of it as well, mm. and so you know you saw her trying to balance you know these two these two groups. And she's not good at it um, because that's just not what magic is. She's a fighter first and foremost. Um, she's kind of an angry person. Um, mm. Do that whole like you know I spent time in limbo and you know left me there for years kind of thing. Mm. Um, you know, um, so there 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 is all that as well. Um, but I, I you know she's a she's become a very important part of this and a very interesting part um, to the X Men. Um, she's one of the forefront characters. Um, and you know, and yeah, I can't remember, but she's on mega level, right? Isn't she? With the with the sword, at the very least, I would think she'd be close. I can't remember if she's technically. The only three I can think of off the top of my head are, uh, or excuse me, four are Jean Grey, Magneto, Storm, and Iceman. Okay, well, 
So you're automatically missing Professor Magneto X. and Professor Xavier. Yeah. yeah. And that, then you're missing Emma. Is Emma yeah. Omega level? Emma's Omega level. Okay, gotcha. I didn't know she was Omega level. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she... I'd, I'd call her Omega level. because Well, because like you said, you know, like when you... So when you think about anyone who can teleport in the Marvel Universe just in general, you know, like... More often than not, like, I, I remember, like, my, the first one that comes to mind of someone that can teleport, you know, multiple people at a time is, like, Cloak, of Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. And I think, I think of him in Civil War, where he has to save everybody, but it literally takes him out of the the fight, you know, like, yeah. he is, he's winded immediately. You contrast that with this, where magic is just constantly moving, like, five and six people at a time. You know, and and still is like, hey, I still got my sword. I'm gonna I'm gonna wreck some shit or wreck some stuff whenever I get you know there. And yeah, I just I. So no, she's definitely omega level to, to at least she's omega level to me. Let, let's let's go with that. <laughs> she's omega level to me. Right. Um. But yeah, magic's awesome. Um. Of course, their their whole plan here is really cool because they they basically freeze the entire armory because Iceman is just they're just like Iceman, just do your thing, just. Freeze it all, so it can't, so it doesn't kill yeah. them, but it and also can't helps. be used. And and sync helps as well because he he syncs up with him. Uh, it's just a really cool moment, um, and then it's kind of ruined because as soon as they get back, um, like yeah, we won. And then the celestial comes out yeah. and is like, hey, uh, your 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 education has begun. And Mister Sinister is like, you'll never believe what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Which Mr. Sister is always like that, um, but uh, but yeah. But speaking of which, because we are going to get to him in this next one, Judgment Day three, Josh. <clears throat> so Judgment Day three starts off with us going, um, "What do we do exactly?" <laughs> and then and then it gets really out of hand because apparently our God, um, apparently our God that we have created is basically. Like a Discord board, essentially, hmm. with all of the same arguments you would hear. Okay. So, like, Captain America, you're not moral. You represent this country, and this country sucks. So you must suck. Which is a weird way to test somebody's moral mm-hmm. capabilities. Sure. But whatever, you know. That's our first one. We learned that Captain America is not moral enough for our new god. Mm-hmm. Okay, so somewhere someone read this, and all those TikTokers ever like Captain America is the real bad guy in Civil War. You finally get what you got. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you do what you wanted all along. Um, you know the uh, the god that Kieran Gillen and Mister Sinister have created mm-hmm. um, is uh, is telling you that. I thought that was an interesting way to start. Uh, obviously, um, Captain I'm, America doesn't pass the test. He does not. I'm trying to think who does like of of the ones we've seen so far. Let's see. Well, Emma doesn't, and I know Emma doesn't. Yeah, because he calls Captain America failure. You know. Mm-hmm. Then you have our six our six humans our six uh, people who matter mm-hmm. because everyone matters. Um, all doing their thing, particularly our girl who is working uh, multiple different jobs. Uh, lo- love her, and I, and I want her to do well. 
and and I I hope that she hope that she finds success soon. Um, hey, look, it's Uranos. It's Uranos. He's back. You know our yeah. our boy. Because um, Uranos is basically at this point, he's basically at this point playing with Druig. I think. Uh, what, what, what do you think? What do you think about your? What do you think Uranus is trying to do here in this? In this, I mean, scene? he wants to be like go so he can destroy more stuff. But sure. I don't know. Like, I don't know why he wants to destroy more stuff. Is that just what he does? Is that I think just, it's just Uranus. He's basically like he's just Uranus, man. You know, okay. Where whereas Thanos is balance, Uranus is just chaos. I think. Okay. But he's really, really strong chaos apparently, until Magneto and Storm show up and mm. they're actually ready this time. Yeah, I, well, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, he's just, he's, just a, he's a very weird character to me. His entire thing, he, you're right, he is playing with Druig here. His entire thing is like, Druig has overstepped his bounds, and all the way to get through it is to let me out and do my thing. But of course, his thing is to destroy all stuff, so I don't know how that solves anything. Yeah. Unless we're just going to throw him at the god, you know, which, I mean, I guess that could work. You know, just fling him at him, just like get a big giant, <laughs> big old like, catapult, catapult just, and just uh, fling him at the god. <laughs> you know, I guess I guess that's fine. He'd probably be down for that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand any of their. Uh, I mean, it's Druig and Uranos. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a knockoff character, and that character was horrible to get with. I don't understand any of their concepts they're of what they're trying to again. do. You know. So, what are your thoughts on their plan of how they're going to take out the the Eternal, or how they're going to take out the the Celestial? I mean, I thought it was a good a good plan. You know, I mean, as far as I know, um, you know, I don't know any other way to take out a Celestial. Mm. You know, because that because that's basically where they move to after the first right. judgment. They're like, well, if we could just avoid the judgment altogether, right? You know, um, you know, which I think. I mean, I think that is here's like they're gonna here's here's the thing. Okay. I know this plan doesn't work, but they definitely can't let... You cannot let a god walk around judging things who thinks that Captain America is a bad guy. You can't let that happen. Fair, yeah. So, like, they're going to have to take him out eventually. Mm. Um, This first time did seem a little too easy. It's just like, hey, we'll find his... It reminded me of almost like taking like the Allspark out of like a Transformer or something. Like, that was their kind of concept. <laughs> it's like a so, like, node or something like yeah, that. Like, yeah, like, we'll find... And we'll just find the his all spark, you know. But I mean, it should they should know how to take him down because they built the stupid thing. They did create him, yes. You know? Um. So. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I, I think their plan was fine. Um. I, I think the issue, of course, is that they should have known that like he would know that plan was coming. You know. I mean, I think that's kind of the the thing. The whole point of this is he's he got too powerful as opposed to what they had originally planned which part of that might have been Mr. Sinister who knows you yeah. know maybe Mr. Sinister was just like I'm a scamp I'm going to make him even more powerful and you know I mean I don't think Mr. Sinister like it's not Mr. Sinister's best into interest to destroy the world true you know that's, that's not his best interest um, I do think it's weird <clears throat> that he's the only one that knew it was a that knew it was a dream sequence essentially mm-hmm. you know I don't know why that is once again, maybe he had a hand in it. To what end? I mean, like, it is Mr. Sinister, but, like, it to is what Mrs. end? Mr. Sinister. He, he's a lovable scamp, Josh. I he's guess. Mr. Sinister. He, he, yeah. could, he could do whatever. I mean, fashion and schemes. Those are his things. Fashion and schemes. That is true. You know? True. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, essentially their, um, their plan is to attack the Celestial 
um, before the Eternals really know what's happening. Mm. Um, in order to pull that off, they do get your boy Crow to show up mm. and uh, basically hold the line in Krakoa um, because the Hexes are still attacking. He just uh, brings all the deviants. Right. Um, and so, like, uh, you know, they need in order to hold the line, they, they do that. Or it's not the Hexes, it's the... Uh, is it the Hexes? Or is it... Because you've also got you've also got those weird assassins running around too. Yes. This is why it's hard doing an Eternals book. Hang on, hang on. Okay, so at this point, Crow's plan is basically to stand against the Eternals that want the Celestial to survive. Mm-hmm. Because so so their plan is they're going to stop the Eternals from stopping the X Men basically, right? So that's that's kind of where they're at. Um, Which is what they need him to do because the moment he attacks the Celestial, uh, the Eternals have to because they're pro because of their program their programming says they have the to Celestials. stop they have to protect the Celestials. Because if I remember correctly, even Icarus tells like I can't remember where it is, but Icarus basically tells him like, look. Even I would not be able to. Like even me and Cersei will have to do it as well. Like because mm-hmm. that's like you said, they're programming. It's literally part of who they are. Um, but uh, but yeah. But no, you're you're absolutely right because Mister Sinister. There's no way that he does not know what is happening. Like you know, and I I did think it was kind of interesting that they see. Uh, to me, it's kind of interesting that Tony is the one who is against blowing up the node. Like, I know he's the one who helped create the god and everything, but to me, it's to me, it seems like Tony would be the first person to be like, "We need to take this thing down." I don't think Tony has any issue taking it down. I think he just realizes what a bad uh, what a bad idea it is because of how powerful the explosion could be, mm-hmm. which of course is what the god shows. What happens, him. yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, sure, you can blow me up, but I'm going to kill a lot of people when I go down as well. You know, that's the sure. whole point. And, of course, that adds to the, the judgment concept in his mind, at least in the God's mind. Um, does this God have a name yet? Uh, no. Okay. Just the, the, the first host, or the final host is what it originally final was. Final host? Okay. Yeah, if, you, if, if we want to call it that. Formerly Avengers Headquarters. Formerly, uh, the final, formerly the final host, formerly Avengers Headquarters. Yeah. Currently, God of new God of the Eternals, um, but yeah, I did think so. So I mean, of course, so Jean, so Jean does is the one who breaks like the node or the like the looks like a looks like a crystal. It looks like what Nim, it looks like mm-hmm. Nimrod, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the one who ends up breaking it, and you know that's when we realize what has ultimately happened. Um, that what has ultimately happened is it's all been a dream sequence and they are judged because of everything they just did. Now, here's what's interesting, though. Okay? Because, like, the first thing he says... Hang on. Here we go. Listen, people of Earth, your heroes think think themselves gods above judgment. Now you see they are mistaken. Your day ticks away. Justify yourselves. Okay. Do you think this entire book 
everything Kieran Gillen is trying to say and everything that Terry, that and Terry Duggan as well is trying to say and everyone else working on this that their main thing is is like you said the discord and the reddit chats of our heroes as bad as we are do you think that this is that the entire point of this is a deconstruction? Well, of that? yeah, I mean, there is a deconstruction concept going on here. I don't think it's on the on the level of like Garth Ennis or something like that. Mm. But there's a deconstruction going on here. But it is part of it is the the discourse surrounding superheroes, how we view them, how we discuss them. Um, we're getting to a point now where there is a backlash against them. Um, you know, uh, I mean, we're getting to a point now where like you know the the intellectuals of our day. You know, or you know, when you have Martin Scorsese making making statements about superhero movies, mm. you know you're you started a backlash, and so there is there is something about making the statement here. Yeah, justify yourselves. What? How? Why should you exist in literature? You know, why should superheroes exist in literature? What can they tell us? And then of course, there's also you know, as I said before, we're we're hitting all of our superheroes at the right time of needing to justify themselves because of. Um, you know, you've got Iron Man, Captain America, um, Thor. Um, all three of them are in places in their own comics where you know they're kind of having some some sense of an existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't really justify by Avengers, but I know you had like World War She Hulk. You had all these big events happen. You had a you had Moon Knight, God uh, trying to take over the world yes, uh, yeah. at one point. <laughs> uh, so you have those issues as well. Um, you know, uh, Black Panther, of course, you know, has in his comic is dealing with something with something that he said in motion years ago. He didn't tell anybody about. Mm-hmm. Um, with the X Men, you've got all their stuff where they're like, um, you know, really setting themselves up as the world's enemy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you're 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 moving into a place where all these heroes are in a morally gray area, and this event comes along and basically says, "Well, justify your." what you've done. Um, Spider-Man, same thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, but where he's at with his comic. Um, so, And I do think a part of that is the, the discourse on comics. You know, it's not just it's not just what we're saying about these, these guys as a whole. It's what we say about comics as a whole. You know, mm-hmm. do they really matter in the grand scheme of things? You know, what can they tell us? You know, is this a form of literature that really deserves to go on? You know, justify yourselves, comics. There's a sense that that's happening here. Mm. Um, you know, and and I mean, and maybe also a sense Karen Gillan say, "Hey, you look, be better." You know, I mean, sure. You know, there there could be that as well. You know, Karen Gillan's never written a book that has been a cash grab for him. Mm. You know, um, there's very few writer you can say that about mm. um, Karen Gillan's very intent on if I'm going to write this book I'm going to throw everything I can into this book that's why he never writes more than like two or three books at a time mm-hmm. you know um, whereas some guys you know take on a lot you know and some books tend to get you know lost not, in the not, not that they're bad or anything but just like tend to get lost mm-hmm. um, you know there's very few writers that can do that many books Snyder Snyder talks about that yeah uh, on his pod, on his uh, uh Lessons, uh, Substack. Mm. So, um, so I, I do think that is a that's a very meta thing that's happening in this book. Um, I do wonder how they're going to answer it, you know. Mm. And I also wonder how many people are actually seeing it that way, um, because once again, this is, you know, this this is the book that's challenging the reader almost as much as Grant Morrison's Multiversity did. Mm. You know, where in Multiversity the reader was the enemy. Sure. You know, 
Um, the, so the, the gentry. Yeah, you know, you're you're the guys for in this. You know, you know, you read all of the. Uh, you, you're the one that said the Watchmen was the greatest comic of all time. You idiot. <laughs> so this is your fault. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I just really, I don't know. I, I I started thinking about that as I was as I was reading this, and that was I wanted your your opinion on that, and I kind of I kind of thought that's where that's where we were in the same. We were kind of seeing it the same way on the, on that one, but of course, like it ends up, you know, they the two two major things that happen after this is, of course, Tony is like, we're just going to Tony. I I view Tony at this point as at this 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 part right here as basically just like like he says, we have no choice. Tony, in my opinion, is is very passive at this point. I don't know what's going to what's going to change going forward with the with the different comics that are coming out because Lord knows that right after this is when all of the like that's when we had to start we had to start reading Fantastic Four again you know we have to start reading uh, I think there's an event, another Avengers tie-in Spider-Man tie-in all these other books that have come out um, presumably talking about the different heroes and how they're reacting to this I'm assuming that's kind of what they're no, what it's going to be. Um, but of course, this ends with Cersei taking. I I feel like Jeff Bridges and True Grit. I do not know this man. I do, I do not know which which Eternal this is. Uh, they she calls him Jack at one point, um, but I I don't know who he is. I've forgotten who he is. But anyways, they lead them to Star Fox, better known uh, uh, by his actual name as Eros. Um, and he's looking so, positively rapey. He is looking rapey um, mm. because that's kind of his thing. Um, you know, it's it is. His face there, like the the very last panel, like that that is an unsettling face. I was not like when he says all you need is love. I I did not feel warm feelings inside. I mm-hmm. I felt disturbed and. And kind of nervous about about what he was going to do next. So there's not. It's never a good idea to bring Star Fox into things, in my opinion. I don't care if Harry Styles is playing him or not. Um, Star Fox is always a bad move. It's always a bad move when your when when your main power set is essentially the song Love Potion Number Nine. That's never a good concept to bring into any story, in my opinion. My assumption, my assumption is that they're going to use some type of psychic ability to manifest this power across the world so that everyone loves one another. Hmm. Here's my problem with that theory. Okay. That, if that is what ends up working on this god, then I'm going to call Kieran Gillen up and want my money back. Because no one is more selfless in the Marvel Universe than Captain America. Sure. So it's not like somehow forcing everyone to be selfless due to rapey rape man's powers is going to it is going to change it shouldn't change anyone's mind because sure. he's not judging on their capacity to love right I mean like mm. Emma Frost has a big capacity to love absolutely Emma Frost you know there are people Emma Frost would die for tomorrow yeah you know. Um, there are also people she would kill tomorrow, but uh, yes, you know. But that's what I'm saying. But she doesn't pass the test. Mm. You know, like I said, Captain America is the most moral person in the in the universe. I'm trying to remember, hang on, because I because I was going to look at because I 
I did skip over that a little bit. Because... Yeah, so the only person who passes the test is Crow. As of right Good now. For Crow. Of yeah, Kitty Pride didn't pass, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's here. I thought she was there. I don't see her. It doesn't. Okay, it doesn't show her. But I just like the idea of like Crow is the only one that passes. Yeah. And like, there's no explanation given. Just uh, you know, that guy seems that guy seems upstanding. <laughs> you know. But yeah. So yeah, Star Fox. That that's where we're moving. His Star Fox is apparently about yeah. to join the fray, and like you said, they're probably going to. Send out psychic, psychic visions. Of and to your love. point, this was three. So yeah. Here's our tie-ins that we let's see. We've, we got it. So so next up, since we'll go ahead and talk about so Where's if four you, at four is all the way down. Whoa. No. It's, Wait. Oh, I was looking at October, September, right here. Okay. So four is right there. Okay. So, so we need to read. So next up, uh, next, next up, we'll be reading. We'll have Wolverine twenty four, X Force thirty one, and X Men fourteen. Wait, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. excuse me. I'm not reading X Force thirty one. Oh, please. I forgot about that. Real quick aside, um, <laughs> X Force thirty and thirty one have nothing to do with Judgment Day. In my well, opinion. have you read thirty one? I have not, but I read thirty, and it's on here, and I can tell you right now what happened in thirty. Okay. Would you like to enlighten sure. us, please? Craven shows up. He's, he kills a polar bear. He finds Deadpool's head inside of a polar bear. We then flash back to, like, how did Deadpool's head into a polar bear? And then we see that Deadpool was left for dead by Beast to be eaten by a polar bear at one point. And then Craven's like, this is a... I'm going to join this hunt and figure out what happened. And that's X-Force 30. And there's really no reason for any of that. Nothing shows up. They don't even mention Judgment Day. And for so, But for some reason... It it's does have it does have a judgment day like it's on this list. So I it guess, also has judgment day at the so top. So what I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I will read 31, uh-huh. but I'm not reviewing 31 on here. I'm not wasting our time. If particularly if Wolverine, I know X Men 14 will be. Uh-huh. I know Death of Mutants and Immortal X Men and Marauders. Well, I don't know about Marauders, but I know like X Men Red Six. I know all those um, have things to do definitely with there's X Force 32. Like why? why? The, the, there's a four-part story here. How, how does that go into so? Day? So to me, the thought process is is that if they were to focus on characters aside from apparently Craven and Deadpool, that would actually be a really a really interesting concept because you have characters such as Colossus, who is currently under control of Mikhail Rasputin. He's not an X Force. He's an immortal X Men now. Oh, you're right. Okay, excuse me. Excuse me, I forgot about that. Okay. Then you... Okay, well, I can keep going. You have characters like Quentin Quire. Quentin Quire's dead. Is he dead and he can't come back? Remember? When did that happen? At, at, the, beginning of, at the beginning of the last X-Force you read. That's Oh, that's how that begins. Uh, uh, he's taking it out on the Krakoa tree. Wolverine is. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. Okay. So you got Domino. Well, I was about to say, okay, th- thank you. Okay, I, I was, I was trying to get there. I was like, okay, so Domino and Wolverine. I mean, both of those would be interesting concepts when sure. it comes to Judgment. Sure, but I just But if we're, we're doing, if we're focusing on Craven and Deadpool the entire time, Whatever. then yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Anyway, and we've also got all these, uh, like I said, we've got AXE Avengers, we got AXE uh, X-Men 1, AXE Iron Fist, AXE Star Fox, which I'm really excited about, AXE Eternals. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, uh, we've got a lot. We got a lot to deal with. Yeah. Um, so it looks like the next one we'll be focusing on. So we can guarantee that the next three are going to be Wolverine one, twenty four, X Men fourteen, four, five, six, and Death of the Mutants number seven two. Seven books on the next one. Oh, we are doing. Oh, we're doing it. It you would be eight if we did X Force thirty one. So do you want to go ahead and do a mega cast on the next one? I mean, I feel like we almost have to. We and do catch eight. Up. You want to catch up? Okay. We All have right. To catch up. Alright guys, well, you heard it here first. Uh, so the next episode is probably going to be like three hours long, maybe? Maybe not quite that long. I but think we can probably move through these pretty quick. Think so? Yeah. Particularly okay. some of them have the... Uh, if, particularly some of them are pulling an X-Force thing. Yeah, if they're pulling an X-Force thing. Or if they're pulling, like, I mean, really X-Men and Death of Mutants we could have kind of done if together. It does not, if it does not have a tie-in... In my opinion, to Judgment Day, I am not going to talk about it on the podcast. Okay, mm-hmm. I've talked about X Force. You know, if unless if if, if, it, if it all ties in, if I get through X Force thirty three, if I get through X Force thirty three, and I'm like, I was so wrong. If I pull a Matt Smith, <laughs> and I was so like, I have to talk about this. Then I'll talk about it then. But until that point, I'm not talking about it. The Deadpool's head inside the polar bear was the key to the whole thing. Who knew? That would be amazing. I would go. I would go broke. So, all right. Well, my friends, thank you all so much for listening. Um, are we going to do Judgment Day next and catch up, and then do it do do a DC one kind of the same way? I don't way? know. Or I don't, don't even. No, whatever happens, happens. We're, <laughs> spikes, we're, we're, we're spiking. We're doing Spike Spiegel here. Spiking okay. Spiegel. Yeah. Okay. Spike Spiegel. Yeah. There we yeah. go. So, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We will definitely be seeing y'all next time. Uh, go read some comics. And, and as always, please let us know if there are any questions or anything that you want us to cover. We might not be able to get to them on the next two or three episodes because we are trying to do a pretty decent amount of catch-up um, on these books. But, once again, thank you all so much. Remember that fandom is for everyone. We'll see you all next time.